We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, Andy Lou, Samus Fendiari, one-one podcast, huh? These cats, these cats can't, or Kitty can't win with these cats. <laughs> I actually Let's saw get, that. Get, get him some help. Oh, I did not see that coming. I did not see get KD help uh, <laughs> as a conversation topic coming. I'm very surprised. I'm surprised that I am surprised actually by that. I should have seen it coming. Um, like people like that love KD, huh? You know, it's funny. Um, so when you take a step back, 1-1 one, one out of Houston is kind of what we all predict. Like, that would be a the, a good a good way to go out of it, right? Like, that that's kind of what we expected. Um, but it, it does feel like the national media and the general consensus, they don't truly understand this Warrior team no. and, like, what happens when they play poorly. It's Because it, yeah. it's been the same thing for two years. Four. Yeah, well, no, it's both. But I'm saying in the KD era, the way they they play poorly is is different than the way they played poorly before it. And it's always kind of the same. At some point, they'll hit one of these where KD goes too much ISO and there's no rhythm in the offense. And then they just get blown out because they're lazy on defense, too. But it's like we've seen it for two years now. They lose the exact same way. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's sometimes it's the opponents have have just done some good things. Sometimes it's just like when you have as much talent as the Warriors, it's like they slowly creak away from playing as a team until it like hits this point, right? 
Yeah, you know, I, they could add LeBron to the team and Anthony Davis to the team right now and take away no one. And I bet you they'll still find a way to lose by 30 on the road in a playoff game just because off the fact that you said this on the pod, right? They're just too cocky. Every every real, every real Warriors fan that has watched them for the last five years, four years um, during this run, they know that this is what they do, right? And it starts at the top, right? It starts with Draymond and Steph Curry who shows up to the game and Steph is chucking shots and Draymond turns the ball twice. Just, I don't even know what he was. Even KD was turning the ball over and you're like, all right, well, either they screw around and win, right? Last year they won these games or they just give up by the third quarter, which is what, you know, these guys did. That Hampton's five line came in early fourth and got walloped, <laughs> right? So it's like, it's the most obvious thing. You, you will know what's going to happen within the first six minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's why Kerr is underrated as a coach because 29 Ooh. other 29 other coaches are dealing with schemes and the opponent and Kerr is coaching against his own team because he, <laughs> his team knows they have the most talent. They know they should win. And he's literally coaching against complacency. Like it's just hard to get these dudes to, to show up in a meaningful way. Like I don't, I don't even think it's as, um, as much like they're out till five in the morning the night before game two of the Western Conference Finals, as much as it's like in their minds, they think they're going to win it. So they're not pressing. They they may think, yeah. they may think they're locked in, but they're not locked in. Kerr, Kerr says it. It's like we play we play best when we think when we're threatened and they just didn't feel threatened. You know what I mean? Can you imagine like if you have we neither of us have kids, but can you I can only imagine like if you had really smart kid but he's like an asshole right and he just like doesn't do anything ever but then he'll succeed and come back to you school hoop whatever it is and he'll he'll just have all a's or um he'll just finish his oh no, no he's doing I'm, I'm chinese so maybe he's taking piano lessons or whatever he does his recital and it's awesome but he doesn't do any practicing he doesn't give a crap right it's like this is that team like kerr was so pissed yesterday i think he was so i think he was also though like content with knowing that he even said in the presser like these guys deserve that loss. Um, I can, you can almost hear the joy in his voice. Like, all right, like I, I got this team's attention because in the regular season he gets he gets really happy when they turn the ball over like thirty times because they'll know they'll focus for the next three four games. You know, I'm still but, waking for waiting for him to make the full Phil Jackson turn because like the one thing Phil did that that Kerr doesn't do when when Phil's teams would get like this, he'd get super smug at them. Like there's this very famous story um, in the 2000 title run, the Lakers first title run. They, they won like 68 games and they're about to lose game seven to Portland and they're down 20 points to Portland. And Phil Jackson's like in the huddle. He's like, well, guess we'll get them next year guys. You know, just like, <laughs> all right, if this is how you guys want to play it, I mean, all right, I'll I'll, I'll put in uh, Derek Fisher at that point. Like Fisher was a rookie, twelfth man off the bench, you know, just kind of like smugly, like eh, if you guys don't want to try, you know, well, we'll just play for next year. I'm going to develop some guys in the middle of a game seven, and then next thing that happens, you know, Kobe and Shaq's just go off on a monster run to win it. I still haven't seen Kerr get there because he gets too angry. He has too much of like the Popovich in him, where like. Deep down, he's like, what is wrong with you guys? 
No, that, that's a great story. I've, I've, that's amazing. I'm just sitting here, kind of in awe. I, that path, that's kind of passive aggressive, in my opinion. I don't know. Totally, about very passive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which, you know, I, I, in, for me personally, I wouldn't like it if somebody did that, right? But hey, if it works, you know, what I mean, I don't know, I don't know what makes Steph tick more than Kerr, right? Kerr knows what makes Draymond and Steph. Um, and Clay tick and Igadala, right? Igadala didn't show up at all. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that approach may work with Dray, may work with like Draymond and KD, but it mm-hmm. probably isn't working with Steph. Um, but I mean, that's a Phil Jackson thing, like the whole Zen master. It's like, but you have to play those games if you have like egos, like like a Kobe or a Jordan or like guys who are like you know on a different plane in terms of like alphaness. Alphaness, exactly. And the Warriors don't really have that, right? Like, I think the closest would maybe be KD. But even then, KD's kind of like, he's pretty, he's a pretty chill dude. Like, he'll get angry, he'll get alpha, but at the same time, he's okay with kind of relinquishing a little bit of control to Steph and Steph probably relinquishing too much control to everybody else. So it's kind of, that's, that's a weird, like, that's not a normal dynasty thing. For the Warriors. So maybe that's what confuses people. You know what I mean? Like, people don't, people want Steph to be all angry and chuck up. Like if you're gonna go down, don't shoot one of eight from three, right? Shoot 15 threes. That's, if you're why, go that's down, why dudes yeah. love Westbrook because Westbrook fits the archetype of what we've been told. Yeah. Like, I mean, chuck even up. LeBron does it too. Like LeBron's yeah. the smartest player I've ever seen, but he's still got that like you know, I'm angry scowl. Let's go, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and this team is they don't got that right. They, they all of a sudden what they do is. You got Steph they on smile the bench, in your smiling. Face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These guys are laughing on the bench, down 20 in a game two, getting walloped by the one seed. You know what I mean? Like, com- completely outplayed. More than they outplayed them in game one, right? You'd agree? So, and then they just, they're smiling, which I love, personally. But if you're a fan of, if you're not a Warriors fan, and even for some Warriors fans, you're like, man, this team, this, are they mentally there? But we know, yes, it's just, that it just looks bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, them. if if you're still questioning Steph's competitiveness at this point, like you're you're just looking for reasons, or or right. you're not looking. Like the dude, the the dude wants to prove how good he is as much as anyone. He just doesn't. He just does it, in it with a different bravado, I guess how you put it. Um, but like you saw him, the way he was defending the first two games. Like, yeah, he wants to. It bothers him that people think he's a certain type of player. And if anything, I would say his game two struggles were him. He he finally broke a little bit mentally instead of like, okay, his his they're overplaying him on the three. And in game one, he did the perfect thing, which is just just get to the rim, you know, make some passes and like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hit 10, you know, 30 footers tonight, but we're going to win. Right. Game two, he got frustrated and started fire. Like he, he was just annoyed. He hadn't had one of those like two or three, three in a moment spells. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I, uh, that's the thing. Like, I can't blame the guy. It's like that. That's why he's the greatest shooter of all time. Cause he shoots threes, right? He shoots threes, not from, he stands in the corner and jacks threes. He shoots threes because he comes out in transition and jacks some three foot behind the line and makes he shoots. Them. He shoots threes the way like Kobe shoots mid range jumpers. Like remember when like prime Kobe gets annoyed and like goes into like, all right, I'm getting to my spots. I'm taking my shots. He, when, when Steph's annoyed, he does that just 10 feet farther out. Yeah. And it, it just, it didn't work. And he got more frustrated. That, that is the thing. And the thing is, 
the ego thing is it fi- it did affect him on defense, right? He tries so hard. It's if he would just because he's getting blown by anyway yesterday if you would stop trying to stop the initial dribble and just let him blow by obviously you don't want to do that and he's not someone that does he does save the energy right because they're getting by you anyway but you don't want to do that but the other part of it is he's just tired then like he's See, playing I can't, so hard and now he's tired i kind of disagree i didn't i didn't think of his sh- his shooting as um fatigue shots I thought that, well, no, I guess it was mental fatigue. It was, it was more frustration to me than anything. It was like, I haven't hit one of these shots in six quarters. Like I, you know, he was pressing instead of like, he had the lane. He could have just kept taking the lane and, you know, take getting layups or inevitably when he uh, collapsed the defense, get someone else a shot. You know what I mean? Like he was doing game Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was all about like, you know, they were down. He hadn't been hitting his outside shot. He was pressing too hard and taking like off balance ones, but not confident off balance ones. Like ones like I just yeah. need to, I just need to see one of these go through so yep. I can like I can hit one of my little flurries and we can come back. Yeah, that's 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 actually the best way to put it. He chucked them, right? He wasn't like I'm gonna shoot this. I'm gonna make it. I'm a shimmy. It was like, all right, well, if I chuck this up and it goes in, now I'm going to get on a roll. And it never went in, right? It never went in until like the Steph end of the broke. third or wherever. <laughs> <laughs> it, re- it really was. He, I mean, it wasn't really. It was like, let's, let's not no, he go that far. But take another 12 of them. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that, okay, so we can get into later. later but, it, right? it but, was, but it was at its core the same mentality of like, I'm frustrated and I've been mentally, I don't want to say mentally broken, but like I'm mentally frustrated that I'm going to do stuff that is, that I know after the game was not smart. Okay. So, okay. Why don't we just get into it? This is one of our topics. Cause I thought of this last night and I, if Mark is listening, I'm pissed cause he wrote about it. I said it's, it on, it, I said it on Harper's pod. Uh, I went on the post game with, those guys the the San Antonio thing we we all think alike we all think alike well I wasn't gonna say Spurs I was gonna say Memphis it reminded me of Memphis okay oh that's that's yeah and and that's why and I I was so mad when I read it this morning I was like god damn it he 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 wrote it but it reminded me because you remember you do it for sure that Steph was pump faking at Ghost in that series and was clanking open shots uh and then they went down 2-1 and then we were I was I was like yo hey maybe Steph ain't gonna be Steph right maybe this is not him and then he came back in game four and game five and just destroyed Memphis. Hit that like full court shot. Remember that? And yeah. when he breaks. When he hits that over. full court shot, it was over. It was over. So I think this is going to be like that in game three, right? I think he'll start hitting those shots. And when the Warriors see Steph hit those shots, oh my God, it's a 20 point. It goes from a five point game to a 20 point game, right? So, but then how, how are we worried then? Are you worried maybe health, maybe, or is it just going to be, he's going to get hot. It's over. I'm not worried about health. I'm worried about the fact that oh, Clay's at the Giants. Yeah, Clay's at the game. I was just gonna say. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Um, I'm not worried about health as much as timing and rhythm. Like this is, it's gonna sound like an excuse, but the reality is he missed six weeks into the playoffs. They kind of figured out a different way to play, but the different way to play isn't the best way to optimize them. It's the best way to deal with Steph being out. And I think they can recalibrate, but it's they they don't they have do they don't have 
as many games. Like, I mean, it's just they have to do it on the fly, which is to say, if this if he was coming back with ten games left in the season, no worries. You know, if whether it takes two games or eight games to get there, but they kind of have a time crunch, right? Like they can't. This can't take another four games to get there. They kind of need to get there in the next game and a half. So the the concern is that. On the positive side, they know how to play, so it's a matter of like just being focused enough to get there. So, would you switch the offense up then? Because we're, we're, we're talk, we'll talk about KD in about two seconds. Will you switch the offense up to kind of pivot it towards Steph, or are you content just saying, "Hey, Steph, just do more cutting. You know, protect the ball, manage the game. We'll get you your shots. We'll look for you a little more, but we're not going to change from what has got us this far this postseason." I mean, kind of a mixture. I don't. Here's the thing: they kind of need, they kind of need to run more of the offense through Draymond more than anything, because that's mm. kind of that's kind of the Houston's not guarding Draymond, and Draymond he just isn't an off-ball threat, you know. Steph and KD are off-ball threats. Like eighty percent of the reason they run so much action through Draymond, aside from the fact he's a great passer, is because they need to. I mean, he, he's just he's just not a spot up guy. It's not what he is, right? So you need him, whether he's the screener or whether he's the guy on ball. He kind of needs to be at the center of the ball action to get to get the whole thing working at its absolute best. Yeah. So that kind of works into what I'm thinking is it's this is the easiest uh, fallback solution of all time, and you know what I'm going to say. They just need to run that pick and roll. And if you want it to be KD, that's fine. If you want it to be Draymond who can set the screen and create off of that and they want to double Steph, that's fine too, right? That That's their plan because they're on ball. Uh, sorry, their offense in the half court right now is disgusting, right? Last game was not good. And game one was okay at best. Their small ball gets smashed because off ball, Steph's not doing much. Clay's standing around, and then you just run a KD ISO, which doesn't help, right? So you want to manufacture ball movement, which is what the Rockets did in game two. That's what they should be doing. And they, and right? they, don't let their small ball beat your small ball, which is yeah. what happened. And the thing with KD ISOs, because I see Warrior fans complaining that he's ISOing too much, it's it's a great counter to everything the Warriors do, and it's what makes them unbeatable. But they've kind of gotten to this flow where they, they keep going to it more and more instead of using it as a counter. You know what I mean? Like mm. they need to run the offense. If something's not there, then you start going to the KD ISO to kind of switch it up. Or, you know, if they snuff out something, then you hit KD in the post and do some some things that way instead of running that as the primary mode of offense. And KD I, in the Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was just gonna say, and it's like, and it was a slow buildup. Like they, they kind of, they started using it against um, the Pelicans, and then they just kept using it more and more. And the more they keep using it, the less guys start cutting off ball because the more they're just kind of standing and watching. And then that's what leads to games like, like game two. You remember um, before Steve Kerr was the coach. Uh, Greg Popovich when they played the Spurs in 20 I want to say 2014 2013 was it okay 2013 uh, when they lost in six Popovich's game plan was to we will not let Stephen Clay beat us we're gonna put Tony Parker and Harrison Barnes and let Harry B drop 25 on 22 shots now 
Okay, Kevin Durant is not Harrison Barnes. He dropped 38 on 22 shots. But you can kind of see the plan there. It's let KD shoot all the mid-range jumpers and tough fadeaway shots. That's okay. We'll live with them because they're twos. We're not going to let Steph and Clay get hot in game two, right? Um, they tried that in game one, but they let Clay open. So I think that's still the game plan, right, for Houston. It's we're not going to let Steph beat us. We're not going to let Clay. We're not going to let these threes beat us. We're going to let KD drop 40, yeah, which isn't to it, say that it's bad. But that's the plan. It works, though, because you're not the Warriors if you're isoing in the mid-range. Yeah, I mean, you're wasting Steph and Clay's talent. You And that's kind of always been the thing. Like, it's it's hard to play with that many explosive players unless you're really moving the ball. Otherwise, you end up with a situation like in Cleveland where, like, you know, Kevin Love's a good example. He just never really maximized the talent he had because, like, he's always kind of standing and waiting for LeBron to get him the ball, right? And that's kind of what it dissolves to if you're not moving the ball in that way with the Warriors. Like, it's not like Clay or Steph can't play those spot-up secondary roles, but is that getting the most out of them? Is that getting the most out of the team? It's not. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, it's kind of funny. It's it's what the Houston did to the Warriors, essentially what the Warriors did to Houston the game before, where the Warriors were like, Harden, get your 40. We don't care, you know? You get 40. P.J. Tucker's getting zero. Eric Gordon's getting, like, six. You know, we'll we'll take everyone else out of it by, you know, you put up your gaudy numbers. And it's it's legitimately a good strategy versus a highly explosive team that, I mean, you know you can't take everything away. So you might as well just make it a one-man show. Yeah, well, hey, we're sounding a little bit worried. We're sounding <laughs> a little bit worried. All right, so help, help me out here. So my argument in that we're not, um, I, nobody should be, is that Steph has figured this out. Right. He did it against Memphis. He did it against OKC. Um, he did it uh, – uh, well, not against Cleveland in 2016. He got worn down then. But he did it pretty much in every series that he struggled. He's always struggled in maybe one or two games. He did it against Cleveland in 2015. There's no doubt in my mind that he's going to do it in this series, mainly because he just looks a lot healthier. He looks good. Um, out of shape, yeah. But the home games, he's played well. Um, so he should be fine. Uh, with, with that being said – I expect that to be 25, 30 points in game three and game four and them to win game three going away and game four much closer, but still a win. Right. And then you've got a three, one lead because keep in mind, they got three games at home here out of five. So I wouldn't worry too much on that end. So would you agree with that? Or or, or is there some worry here about arrogance and cockiness, which we'll get to in a second? Is that a problem? Not really. Um, I think... I think we're going to see a better Warrior team in Game 3. I'm not so sure Steph's going to break out of it in Game 3, but if Steph just sticks to the game plan and does what he did in Game 1, which is like make the smart play instead of hunting the big play, the big play will eventually come. You saw all those sound bites with Kerr where he's constantly saying, like, Steph, you're playing a smart game in Game 1. Like, just stick with it, and the explosion will inevitably come. And that's really the mentality the Warriors probably have to take. Like, at some point, Steph's going to just start rolling from three, but he can't like he can't go hunting it. You just got to kind of chill out, play the smart game, take all the layups in the world you want. Like if they're going to give it to you, take get take two points over and over again, right? And then at some point they're going to break down. It's it's funny because he's taking Capella to the hole and finishing, and I'm like, dude, 2016 Steph never does that. 
Like, he couldn't take – he didn't trust himself taking Kevin Love to the rack, right? He could probably take him, but he didn't want to because he didn't know if he could do it. Yeah, he, and, couldn't, he couldn't finish over Tristan Thompson. I know Tristan's a good defender, but come on now. And Steph's one of the best finishers in the league, and he's out here left hand, right-hand, left-hand switch ball in midair finishing uh, between and over guys. I'm like, dude, that's, that's the Steph we're used to. That's like Kyrie-level finishing, right? And he's doing it. So that's not the worry. Right. It's the the worry is uh, what identity do the Warriors show up with? Because if you're going to keep doing this ISO thing um, and playing off of that, KD, you might. That's not in my opinion. You could. I think they still win. It just might go seven if you're doing it that way. Right. So uh, for me, it's not a matter of, uh, hey, Steph, kind of slow yourself down and figure it out. It's more, hey, Steph, figure it out right away. Like get those shots up, get them up quick, work harder for them. Because it's not like he's – he wasn't working for those transition shots. He was chucking them, right? So off ball or on ball, be a little bit more aggressive. Don't pass it out right away. Stuff, Kind of stuff like that. So, Actually, uh, it's funny. Matt Moore was saying to me today, he's like – Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. He's, he's saying, what do you mean he took bad shots? Those are the same shots he always took. And I'm like, if you can't recognize the difference in the shots and the rhythm in the way he's taking them, like we're done with this conversation. Because oh, uh, he was, because it, it's obvious to you and me, he was pushing. I mean, yes, he takes an off the dribble twenty eight footer, regardless. But like the way he was going about getting them, completely different. The confidence in him, the the yep. just general. Um, yep. It wasn't a natural flow. Usually, when he's when he's feeling himself, it's a natural flow. Yep. And those are shots that are three points. I don't know how, how to say this. They're three points, but they're really like 10, right? Like they're, they're not normal buckets, especially, especially at home. Right. Um, they're not the oh, type totally. of shots. It's a backbreaker. It's like, it's why people glorify like scorers who make bad shots because they, they change the momentum of a game. I mean, Hey, we saw it last night with Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, that three he hit over Draymond, that was absurd. Um, it was a 10-point game right there. He had no – that was a Steph shot. He had no business hitting that. The minute he hit that, the place lit up, and then Houston goes on a run, then game over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the, only the difference is when Steph does that at Oracle, it's like a 20-point barrage that comes out. Like it, it murders teams. It's very hard to stop the momentum when that happens. That's I can't wait for that, right? Games. It, it, that's that's one of the things. <laughs> it worked out to the Warriors' advantage because here's the thing: they probably would have lost Game Two if they played at home anyway. You know, think about it. Yeah, like they probably would have lost. Um, and so now, instead of that, instead of one-one going to Houston, we're talking about one-one, and you're going home. Yeah. And you don't just have to now beat the Warriors four times in six games, which is what the Rockets have to do, and they've already done one. They've already exhausted a role player game. They have to beat them now, you know, at least, uh, at least how many times on the road? One, once. two, once, once on the road. So I'm like, and then you got to win both at home, especially in game seven against this team. So it's just, even if this team was even, even if it was a close series, it just becomes so much tougher because the Warriors have home court advantage and you already spent the game. They already have the game where PJ Tucker and Trevor Reza and Eric Gordon made bullshit shots. Right now, it's Andre Iguodala hitting bullshit t- shots. Time, I guarantee you, in Game Three or Game Four, him and Draymond are going to have games where they just rail like three, four, five threes between them, 
and what are you going to do when that happens, right? Those are automatic Warriors wins. So you add that up and the math starts to – you talk about regression and, and math. It starts to count against the Rockets um, um, in the next couple games. But I thought Houston had the math. <laughs> Three is greater than two. You know, it's funny because um, Chris Paul is, is kind of just chucking mid-range shots. I watched a lot of Houston this year, but that's kind of his MO. He kind of can't get a shot off. It's kind of crazy. He can't get a shot off against his team. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, he wasn't particularly – he was just kind of there in both games. He wasn't bad. Yeah. He wasn't bad. He wasn't particularly great either. Like, there was no moment where I'm like, he's taken over the game. Like, Harden took over the game at yeah. times. And even Harden didn't shoot that great in game two, but like he got everyone involved more so than more more so than Paul, in my opinion. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, here's the thing too. I don't think that there is another. You know how like Steph, there's obviously an extra level. Harden and KD are at that level. Um, it doesn't seem like Paul's gonna get to that level. There's no potential for Paul to get to that level. Not against the Warriors, at least. Against Utah, yes. But against the Warriors, I don't think there's a 35-point game coming from Chris Paul. So then you start counting up the uh, MVP kind of show-ups, right? Appearances by guys, and you'll get a a Steph game here, but you'll get another KD game. You'll get a Harden game. Then then the math kind of just adds up to the point where, well, at the end of the day, the Warriors are just more talented. Right, they they just have that on their side. They have home court. They're more talented, and they're gonna just have games where they play better. Um, that's why they screw around so much, dude. They probably think this is the exact same thing. That's why Draymond is out and, and is out here like just chucking, not shooting the ball and turning the ball over five times, man. Yeah, I mean, Houston had more assists than the Warriors. That should never happen. <laughs> so, I mean, that alone tells you that like how much the Warriors went away from what they normally do. Because even when they play poorly, um, and regardless, they'll still you know like tally up a bunch of BS assists. But they had like twenty last game, and I think Houston had twenty five. I mean, Trevor Reza and PJ Tucker had more assists than like KD and Jesus. So I mean, it Jesus, this is one of those games. I you know uh, you know what's interesting? Though? I want to talk about this for a second. Clint Capella has been a non-factor in my opinion. Oh yeah. Uh, in terms of what they need him to be, he hasn't been there. I don't think he's gonna be. There, the Houston small ball five has outplayed the Warriors small ball five, right? Like in game two and even in parts of game one. So it's like D'Antoni's gonna keep playing that lineup. And my thing is, I don't think that's sustainable sustainable. Then if, if D'Antoni is confident enough to keep playing a small ball five lineup against the Warriors small ball five, that's not gonna be sustainable. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't. I don't think it is either. I don't really know what else to say about it. Like uh, PJ Tucker is. I mean, they're fine players. It's just like, are you really banking on Tucker outplaying Draymond? You know, three in out of game the next five. five? Yeah, yeah. In, a, in a yeah in a game four, game five that matter and a whole lot more than than a throwaway game in, in game two. You know what I mean? Right. Like like the the Warriors just kind of. We were talking about this earlier. This was not the ugliest Warriors loss. Not even close in the postseason. No. Like, we're talking about there was a Cleveland one, there was an OKC one. The OKC one one stands out to me the most um, because that was was a thorough domination. 
Mm-hmm. Like Cleveland's when Cleveland won, we're talking 2016 now. When Cleveland won Game Three by 30 points against the Warriors in that series, the Warriors were up 2-0, and they did kind of this, you know. Now then they they let Cleveland get back into the series, and they couldn't quite turn it back. But it's a different thing than just being absolutely abused, which is what OKC did to them in those two games in Oklahoma in uh, 2016. It's funny. I, I feel like we're doing a, a, a podcast worth of devil's advocacy to our tweets. I kind of <laughs> like it. I kind of like it. You know, it's like it's like the. I mean, it is the first time it's been one one, right? Usually they're up two zero. So if they lose one two one, it's fine, right? They win one more, it's three one, right? And they turn it back on. So I mean, one one, you get kind of like, oh, hey, what if Houston comes in and you know, what if they do steal game three? But that stuff doesn't show up again. Then all of a sudden they're down two one. That'd be pretty. Honestly, that'd be pretty cool, right? Then you're then all of a sudden you're gonna get the Warriors like frantic. Yeah, you get those butterflies. Yeah, you get those like, all right, hey, like these guys, these guys are a little shook now. You know what I mean? Like, like the Warriors losing two one and a chance to go you know, down. And, and the thing Ooh. is, it, it would be a different feeling. I don't, I wouldn't feel like the Warriors are shook. Like against OKC, I felt they were shook. I yeah. was like, man, Katie's I mean, because OKC had comparable talent. Um if the Warriors go down in that case, I'd be like, man, they're, they're kind of falling apart in terms of like Ooh. hating each other and like Ooh. that sort of stuff. Like that's, that's the way it would take. Cause there's, there's just no, what are you implying there? Who hates, no, who hates whom? All right. This is an exclusive swaggy Ooh. P and Sean Livingston <laughs> do not get along. No. <laughs> Whose girl is it? Who, who's mess with whose girl? Um, do you think they look a little weird out there? Like they don't like each other? I don't. I don't get that vibe. From I get. It, I get the. Um, I, no, I get the same vibe you do, which is more like they kind of can't be bothered to try. <laughs> <laughs> who do you, Who do you think? Who do you think gets most frustrated? I mean, because like it doesn't seem like Steph is frustrated by that. It's that Steph's way. Steph's frustrated by his his own like lack of rhythm, which is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can justify it, but he needs to snap yeah, out of it. Hundred yep. percent. Um. Clay, I don't. I'm not sure if he knows what happened in the last game. Um, probably KD, because he's kind of. I don't know. He's just kind of off on his own island. It feels like way too much of the time with this team. You know. Shouts to KD though. Yeah, I, I can see that, and and I think he has a point though. Like if if that's how he feels, he has a point. Like he's the one that showed up yesterday. I mean, he turned the ball over a lot, but he didn't let that stop him from hooping, right? He was getting buckets. He was trying on defense. It was the rest of the team that didn't show up there. But isn't it kind of interesting? Because, like, it's kind of a summation of what I think are, like, the dumbest basketball takes of the last five years where people are getting obsessed with individual statistical outputs, no matter how efficient they are, when they don't look at, like, the totality of, like, is this guy actually doing stuff to make all his teammates better? And by making his teammates better, I mean like making them play at their best versus turning them into spot up shooters so they can get assists. You know what I'm Ooh. saying? Ooh, like, so Russell Durant. Or, you know, um, like Kevin. Like Kevin. Like Kevin. I mean, but there, there's truth to it. Like KD can, can be efficient on his own getting 35 to 40 every night against Mm -hmm. anyone because he is that individually gifted. Like he just Mm -hmm. is, there's, there's no defense to stop him from shooting 
what, 55% and getting 35 points. He's just going to do it. But is he doing everything to get everyone else involved? He can. He has a ton of games where he'll, you know, he's setting screens to get guys, easy buckets. He's he's throwing assists. And then there's games like this where he's just kind of out in an island proving how good he is, but then everyone else kind of, you're just, you're getting, you're getting 60% of Steph, you're getting 60% of Clay, you're getting 50% of Draymond, as opposed to when the ball's hopping around and you're getting them all at their best. And it's this like machine, which like, there's just nothing you can do with. Oh, that's fair. I like that. And that's one of the things where I think Steve Kerr is going to say to him, right? And the rest of the team, like, he's not going to say, Hey, yo, Katie, yeah, 40, we lost anyway. Like, that's not what he's going to say. It's going to be more like, look at what happens when we pass, right? Look at the result of when people score. And like you said, like, Katie wants that to happen. I don't think he is consciously out there doing that. I no, think no, it's I, think, a, I think it's been one of those things where it's like gradually they've gone more isolation every game the last like five to six games in a row. And it just kind of hit its, um, its breaking point, right? Like they, they kind of were playing crappier and crappier offense the last like seven games in general. And it just kind of like, sometimes you need to kind of like hit the wall, fall on your head to be like, okay, let's go back to like what we know works. So like you, what do you think? Do you think they're starting uh Hampton's five or Kavon Looney? Zaza. I swear you said that last one too. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm going to pull, bring Zaza on every pod. Um, <laughs> I guess, Looney, I, I really do think there's a chance Kerr throws a total curveball and goes like JaVale or Jordan, no, or Jordan it, Bell. Oh, or Jordan okay. Bell. I'm cool with that. Um, he, they screwed up with Jordan Bell, by the way. I think he likes um, I think he likes having Looney come off the bench. Um, wait, why do you say the screw up with Jordan Bell? You, they, did, you, did you read Monty Pool's piece? Did, what's that? You saw Monty Poole's piece, right? I didn't. I didn't. What happened? Okay. So Monty Poole um, had a piece midweek about basically Jordan Bell was getting too cocky and full of himself and lazy. Oh, right, right, right. So, so, there was a few anecdotes in there about how like he didn't show up to optional shoot arounds and wasn't putting in the work Got that it. other guys were putting in. So basically like – you know, he kind of he supplanted Looney. He had a really good December, and he started feeling himself a little bit, mm-hmm. and that's kind of why he fell back. So, like, I don't really blame. But now we're here. Now we're yeah. at this point where, like, you he this makes is not more college basketball. Yeah, he makes more right. sense in this matchup and whoever else they play in the West. finals. Yeah. Right, he, he he should be playing over West. Like uh, that's the thing. Like I understand that if I was a coach, I'd be pissed off too. But like, listen, man, this is this is professional hoop, right? Uh, I get it, and I think Kavon Lo- Looney had those issues too, uh, although he, he was did. A, a little bit injured. But dude's got talent, man. Like develop the guy. Don't sit the guy down. And now you're getting the, uh, you know, the 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 other end of the stick where you need someone off the bench to bring some energy, bring some. You athleticism, need someone right? with his skill set. They do, and now and now what? Now they're not just gonna throw like we joke, but they're not throwing Jordan Bell out there, dude. Like that's not happening. That that's something that could be disastrous, right? And they're not gonna risk that. They rather just play David West, who you know he's gonna screw up, but this at least they not know how. He's this is not a David West series. I don't David think West playing. has been David West had like a great year. He's actually like for most of the year he was the best bench player, and he was legitimately good. But like 
who's he guarding on Houston? He's, he's done for he, the series. Yeah, I mean, he can't guard guys who shoot threes. That's just not what he does. Um, so Nene's done. He's done. So now we're talking about like a, off the bench. We got Looney, Livingston. I actually, I, I really do think they're going to go back to Bell though. Um, probably not as a starter, but I do that think is, he's going to get a little run. They they got to uh, maybe yeah. It, it's tough, man. They've and I, so a, I don't. And, and I don't I'm with you. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go because uh-huh. he's being kind of thrown to the wolves. But I think they're Kerr's going to try it. It might it might be like a three minute experiment that goes wrong, but he's going to definitely try it because he's not, he's not you know he's not playing Zaza. Yeah, what was I going to say? They they I don't think they can go Looney. I don't think they can go back to Looney. I think this is who they are now. Hands five, and they, you can't admit like yo we're getting outplayed by this small ball team, right? Think about that mental that mental kind of um, excuse or, or giving up. Right? It's like, hey, we're getting outplayed in the first couple of minutes with our five. Let's just not play them. You know, let's just save them. I don't think they can do that. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, if he makes the change, Looney's the most likely. Like, he's not going to start Nick Young. <laughs> Dear God, please no. Um, and uh, they're not going to start Sean Livingston. No. Yeah, they'll they'll go with who they have. What other adjustments do you think that that they're gonna that they can make? Um, let's. Uh, I mean, there's not too much else other than them playing harder, them running the offense better. They they are gonna kind of have to shrink the rotation, like Livingston, Young, Looney, the Hamptons five. That might be your eight man. You know, maybe you get a minute in there for. Quinn Cook and Jordan Bell, just if you need it. But like, mm-hmm. what else are they going to do? You know, I mean, David West isn't working. Uh, this has got to be the most depressing one-one podcast where the Warriors play the next three out of five at home. This has <laughs> got to be the most. People are going to turn this on. They're just going to be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I'm ruining your brand. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good because I, I just think it's interesting because for once we have like we have a challenge, we have something interesting to talk about as opposed to like let's marvel at more greatness. You the know? more greatness. <laughs> we've went forty minutes and we've broken down like every aspect um, of the game in a serious manner. That's fun. That's like basketball. You should be hoping for in May, right? Exactly. Not, not some yeah, four so- crap. Despite everyone on the internet writing that the Warriors ruined the NBA on Monday, and then on Wednesday coming out saying stuff's just AC Law. <laughs> Yo, okay, hey, beautiful segue. Um, so after the Warriors won game one, it was a, not a smattering, but an avalanche of people that existentially questioned the reason why basketball was basketball and why the Warriors are playing basketball because they're so great that there's no point to any of this. That was the question that was posed Monday night, Tuesday, Tuesday night, and Wednesday until game two. And all of a sudden, when the Houston Rockets win one game at home because of 68 points from three role players, that all of a sudden we got a series. Explain the mental gymnastics. I believe it's (laughs) referred to as being a hater. (laughs) 
Um, I mean, it's just it's just so ignorant to argue that they ruined the NBA. Like, just look up the history of the NBA. It's it's always been defined by super teams, and it always the same thing happens. A team wins a couple in a row, and then their battle becomes a mental one to see how bad they want it. You know, like you can even look at LeBron's Miami team. They fell apart the last year, mostly. People say it's because they got old, but like I just think they kind of like they hit a mental wall where guys weren't even trying as much anymore, you know. Um, or you go the other way with like Jordan's Bulls. The last title was purely like they they essentially stole it. They shouldn't have won it, you know. Like they weren't the better team. They just happened to like drag it out of themselves at the end. But like the whole last year, Kerr always talks about it. it was like. It, the team was falling apart, like everyone hated each other, that sort of thing. So my whole thing is like, this has been the history of basketball. One team somehow gets a bunch of talent, becomes super great, wins a couple, and then it their battle becomes internal while like other teams rise up and are hungrier. That's true. That might be next year, man. I'm thinking that that's next year when the when the I don't I still don't think it's this this not this Rockets team right now with the way this series is situated. Yeah, it might be Boston next year. It might be the Sixers if they can get LeBron, right? So, or, or Paul George. So, um, and then you're gonna you you are gonna see in year five of going straight to the finals, the Warriors together. That we're we're gonna see some fireworks. And I mean, right? we saw how bad was this year in the sense of like. Did okay. any of the core four play 70 games? I okay. think Clay hit 71, but like everyone sat 15 and then Steph sat 30 and it wasn't like rest either. It was injuries. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's like there's a reason LeBron going to seven or eight straight finals is like unheard of, even in a historically watered down pathetic East. Um, like, it's just physically and mentally hard to do that over and over again. And so no matter how much talent the Warriors have, it's always going to be the same thing. Like it's hard to go this many years in a row. So yes, my, at the end of the day, everyone who's like getting existential about it is essentially a hater. (laughs) It'll keep going. It'll keep going. Well, um, I think we're oh, – oh, actually, predictions for the rest of the series. I think I picked five, right? You picked six. Are we sticking? Yeah, I'm sticking. I think uh, I think Houston's got one more in them. Oh, God. The uh, series, I thought, I thought the there series was is gonna... so boring now. Sam's yawning after all that. Amazing. <laughs> Iconic I think... prediction. <laughs> no. Um, Houston got one on the Warriors not showing up. They're going to get at least one more on being purely hot. Okay. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's that's my that's my prediction. Like the Warriors, the Warriors could have beat them in five. They spotted them a game. So walk me through it then. Game three, game four, game five, game six. What's how's it go? Um, I'm not. Because I'm sure. boring, man. I think they win the next three. So nobody needs to ask me. So I, I want to see what happens here. I think they're gonna take three. I could see Houston getting four. And then the Warriors going, having to be very serious, very go very <laughs> serious business, and taking five in Houston and coming back and closing it out at Oracle. Yo, that would be fun. 
that would be fun. A game Cause I, five. Because I don't think tied two I don't think the Warriors have truly hit their their bottom in terms of like they'll respond next game, but I could easily see them going a little complacent after that again. Just because they haven't they 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 went sixteen and one last year. They they went fifteen in a row, lost one, so they lost their chance at going sixteen and zero. They haven't really got themselves into a series. Losing one game to Houston isn't going to wake them up. As you much would as think, that would make them hungrier. You would think that them not hitting in a series couldn't make them like, okay, we don't want to be in a series. So, hey, have they ever been in a two-two series in the last two-two? Uh, well, I guess yeah, they want. Memphis and Cleveland. and Cleveland, yeah, they were down. They were down two one, and then they they ripped. But they never off. lost that game four. So it would be interesting if what you're saying is right. They win game three, lose game four, and Houston regains home court advantage. So we go back to Houston for game. So five. That's what I'm saying. I, th- I really that think, would be nice. I, I think they just watching them. I think they need another kick in the. You know, they're they're. I don't think they're beyond the complacency. God, they're For just better the worst. Or worse. Like it's just kind of like they haven't they haven't been scared. They just haven't. Yeah, like, that's yeah. that, it's a good way to put it. Scared, right? Like actually scared. They weren't scared against Cleveland up three one. I don't think they were scared that whole game until the final couple minutes, right? I think they were scared against OKC down three one. I think they were a little shook, and then Clay Thompson saved their ass, right? Yeah. Threes literally saved their ass. So I think that was the only time that they ever been – that and Memphis was the only time that they ever been scared. So, I mean, you're right, dude. This might be like the third time during this run if it goes to a game five, tied 2-2, that the Warriors are scared. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to – good way to end it because we, we're recording after game five next week. So that's a good way to end this thing. It'll be It'll be fun. All right, man. Let's do it. Let's 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 watch our predictions be wrong. <laughs> <laughs>